Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So far we read together from God's word. Let's power heads and pray. Our Lord and our loving Father, in these times of storms and uncertainty, we need your comfort and your peace. In these times where there is so many questions, we need your word to speak to us. We ask you, Lord, to speak through your word for your name's sake. Amen. So we begin this morning a mini-series of sermons which seeks to respond to the coronavirus pandemic. I am very much aware that reading is not everybody's cup of tea, but I have sought to do something of an initial response to the pandemic in two articles or reflections I have written right from the beginning of the national lockdown. And by way of introduction, I want to pick up a few things that I have highlighted in those two articles. I have written these articles to help us discern what it is that God might be saying to us. So since the coronavirus outbreak, the whole world has been left living in fear and anxiety. Yes, fear and anxiety because of all the concerns about the future. But also the world has been left with lots and lots of questions. They are personal questions. Am I going to get sick? What about my loved ones? Are they going to be okay in this time? But they are also practical questions. How are we supposed to cope with children when there is so much we've got to do? Ask the one who works from home. How am, how am I supposed to balance my job as now as a teacher to my children and a parent as well? What about food? Is it going to carry us through seeing that we are all together in one place all day long and every day. But there are also big questions. When will this end? Will we ever get back to normal? Is there anyone that we can look to? Or is there anywhere we can look to for hope? What about God? Where is God in all of this? Now, at the heart of all these questions, 
is the cry and search for hope and stability. So right from the beginning, I want to say to you, if you find yourself wrestling with these questions, I want to say you are not alone. You are in the company of many people. You are in the same company with the disciples of Jesus. As they were making their way to the other side of the river, and suddenly a terrible storm came up. Rather like the same, the same storm we are facing today. It came from nowhere. And questions also came up. Questions from the disciples. Lord, don't you care? Having still the storm with one word of command. A question from Jesus to the disciples. Why are you so afraid? Having witnessed Jesus having authority and power over the storm, they ask a final question. Who is this? Indeed, many questions. It seems to me that whenever we find ourselves in times of trouble and in times where we're going through storms in our lives, question is the most natural thing that comes we find ourselves questioning, we find ourselves searching for answers, especially questions about God. Now one thing that cannot be denied, and that is to say coronavirus has exposed our fragility, the fragility of life. The words of James, that question that James asked, what is your life? And he answers himself, he says, it is less significant than we imagine. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Those words became real since the coronavirus outbreak. And for those of us who are Christ followers, our shallow and half-hearted dependence to the Lord has also been exposed. However, the good news is our need for God has surfaced. As we watch the false gods that we made for ourselves, being exposed that they are unable to rescue us when it comes to real issues of life. Also, the need for the true God has emerged and surfaced for us. And that's good news for us. And that's where Psalm 23 comes to place for us. Because it helps us to answer one of the big questions which we looked into, we looked into earlier. Is there anyone we can look to? Is there anywhere we can look for hope in this time around? Psalm 23 says, yes, there is a God who, who, who loves us, who cares personally for us. And that God is there for us. It introduces us to the God who is there. The first three verses of Psalm 23 shows God in the, in, as the image of the shepherd, the one who goes before us, who guards and guides us. Verses 4 of Psalm 23 shows God as the comforting companion.
companion. He walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And then verses 5 and 6, he is shown as this generous host as he prepares the table for us in the presence of our enemies. So Psalm 23 is a wonderful psalm in times of trouble. It shows us God's gracious provision. It shows us God's divine love that is made real in the person of Christ and his cross. J.I. Packer once said about Psalm 23, I usually read Psalm 23 at funerals because it gives hope and direction. It serves to assure the ones who live here that the Good Shepherd has led their loved ones safely home and that same Good Shepherd will lead them through the days of adjustment ahead. So the image of Psalm 23 is of God, the creator of the universe, who keeps his promises. The Lord who orders all things, who loves and cares for us personally. And that title, the Lord, is the title for the promise-keeping God of the Bible. And he is pictured as the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. This image of Psalm 23 comes from the first century shepherds who walked before their flocks in strength. His rod in the one hand to want off the wild beast, the lion and the bear, and his staff on the other to guide his flock. He is the courage, he is the figure, the courageous figure, and he is the figure of strength and leadership. He is a figure of wisdom, knowledge, and power. He knows where the sheep should be led. He looks out for green pastures and he looks out for fresh and cool water. It is a beautiful picture of God who cares and who guide his people. And then he restores my soul. That phrase, he restores my soul, indicates that this image of Psalm 23 is intended for spiritual life. As we turn to him, he provides all we need spiritually. He cares for us personally. He secures all our protection. He guides and guards us as we need. But more than that, when we have wandered away from him, this image of Psalm 23, the image of God, he welcomes us back. He restores our soul. So there is a hope for the poor wanderer. When we have wandered away from God, there is hope for us that we will be welcomed back. There is hope for those who are lost that they will be brought home through this image of Psalm 23. There is a fresh start for those who are lost. From God. So if you are listening this morning, wherever you are, whether in the comfort of your 
of your home or wherever you may be, I want to say to you, that phrase, he restores my soul, speaks to all of us in this time. As we find ourselves wondering, God wants to restore us and bring us place, bring us back to a place of comfort. Now in the Gospels, Jesus pictures himself as the shepherd with 99 safely kept in the open country. And he goes back into the wooded mountain facing the danger to bring back the sheep on his shoulder. And in the gospel, the Lord Jesus himself described himself as the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So that's what we learn from the first three verses of Psalm 23. And now we move to verses 4, where now the shepherd who leads the sheep, he comes and walks side by side with his sheep. And this is what one writer says about verses 4 of Psalm 23. However dark the next stretch of the journey through the valley may seem. Verse 4 changes the he of the shepherd leader to the you of side by side companionship. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. So the shepherd is no longer ahead of the flock, but he is walking alongside to comfort. And that is the personal testimony of every Christ follower. In whatever season of their lives, they can testify of this comforting God, who at some point, instead of walking ahead, he came and walk alongside and comfort us. May we know that God in this time where we find ourselves in the shadow of, the, in the valley of the shadow of death, that the God who walks before us, he comes and draw near to us and walk alongside and comfort us in this time. So here then is the unique glory of Christian faith. That Jesus alone went on his cross, died sinlessly, to carry God's judgment upon his body. The judgment that you and I deserved was put upon his body on the cross. Jesus alone victoriously came out of the grave and he conquered death. And Jesus alone reigns today at the right hand of God. And he will return. He will return to take his people and walk with them and to eternity. So this is the comforting truth that we must hold to in this time where we find ourselves going through this valley of the shadow of death. In the grave of Charles Chamberlain, these words are inscribed in anticipation of a glorious resurrection. 
And that's where the psalm goes to next in verses 5 and 6. He moves from the shepherd of verses 1 and 3 to the companionship, to, to the companionship of verses 4, to the host of verses 5 and 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is a banquet, and certainly it is a victorious one. The Lord prepares a banquet for his people. The Lord prepares a place for you and I, a place where sickness cannot reach, a place where there is no plague that can touch and harm us. We are free from the plagues and sicknesses of this world. It is a place where our heads are anointed, which is a symbol of welcome for the, for the guests as they come to the table. You are welcome in this feast, in the Lord's feast that is generously provided for us. We are told that our cup is brimming, and then verses 6 crowns it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. So if only we turn to God, if only we will turn to God, he will walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. If we turn to God, he will welcome us on the other side of this world where he has prepared for us a table. Day by day, he will provide for us this unquenchable generosity that flows for us. So as we face death and we face, we go through this valley, he walks with us. And he provides for us. May we meditate on those words as we make our way through this very difficult time. That only God who walks with us. When other guides return, only God in the person of Christ will walk with us. And I want to ask you these few questions as we bring our time to the close. For you to meditate on, to think about these questions, and perhaps talk about them with your loved ones. How valuable is your faith? And how are you going to nurture it in these times that we find ourselves in? How real is your hope? And what are you going to say about it? Because all of us now have been presented with an opportunity to share the gospel. The ears that would, uh, would not, wouldn't otherwise be interested to hear anything about God, today they are very much interested. So the question for you and I is, how real is our hope? And what are we going to do with it? Will your faith be redefined or will it will evaporate? Will it be proven to be genuine or will it slip away?
Think about those questions. Let's pray. But Jesus, in the times that we find ourselves in, we thank you that you stand beside us as the solid rock. You walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. When all other guides turn away and leave the traveler walk to walk alone, only you in the person of Christ, you walk with us. Thank you that Lord Jesus, you turned the cross which was meant to be a symbol of pain. You've turned it to mean beauty and rescuing. Even in these times, Lord, we know that you are able to turn that which was meant for bad, you turn it for good. May we find our hope in you, and may our hope be renewed 